0: G'day and welcome to Pello Talk. My name is Dave Pello, and uh, today is going to be um, the last one for a little while of our regular Monday shows. We're going to be putting a lot of time into uh, essentially figuring out how we can better serve the audience here at The Good Source. Um, And there's a lot of effort and resources that go into this weekly show. And uh, I think one of the things this nation is sorely missing is a regular news broadcast. So we're going to try and bring you um, something that you are missing. Everybody who's turned off the 6 o'clock news, put your hand up now. Yep, you. We want to make something for you. What did you turn off the 6 o'clock news for? We're going to get rid of those elements and try and bring you a five days a week news service, which uh, actually just tells the truth without progressive euphemisms, leftist agendas and uh, normalization of abnormal, atypical, um, you know, all the toxic anti-family, anti-Christian, anti-conservative, anti-truth, anti-justice, anti-liberty agendas that so proliferate and pollute the lying harlot media. That's what we want to put a lot more time and effort into that. Uh, By the way, if you think you've got some skills you'd like to contribute to that uh, in any way on a voluntary basis, um, if you've got some time, let me know. We're looking for people to be a brains trust. Uh, What is the news? What's the news that's not being told? Sometimes the lying harlot media tells lies. Sometimes they just ignore the truth. Classic case in point, the Hunter Biden laptop story. It was just not a story. They didn't lie about it. They just ignored it, buried it, swept it under the rug. Uh, that's the kind of thing we're going to need. Eyes and ears bringing us uh, tips and um, snippets to, to say, look, here's the news. Let's tell Australians this. Um, so that's uh, one of the things we want to spend a lot of the, uh, the volunteer and staff time that we've got. And, of course, uh, increasing resources will be able to do more of everything that needs happening, especially these important opinion commentary shows. Um, it doesn't mean we're going to stop doing them. We're just going to probably not be able to do them weekly. We'll do them uh, as needs and uh, headlines arise. Um, but we can't have enough of those conversations. Um, and so joining me today... On Palo Talk, the panel is uh, Bernie Finn, MP, a member of the Legislative Council in uh, Victoria, as well as Alexandra Marshall, uh, editor of the Spectator Online, Flat White. Um, Thank you very much both for joining me on Palo Talk.
1: Very great pleasure, Dave. Good to see you. Thank you for having
0: us. I'd actually like to talk about the Victorian election, but I'm not sure we will get there um just yet we'll, we'll weave into it as we can and, and, down here too say again
1: a lot of people are down here saying that too we're not sure whether we're going to get there
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh will we survive until no. uh, what is it uh, november 26
1: 26 it is yes yeah
0: yeah november 26 that'll that'll be great um looking forward to it and 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 bernie in all honesty and any pretense of objectivity aside i I'm rooting for you to get back in, and uh, I recommend Thank anybody who has the well, name Burn Finn on their ballot to be uh, yeah, number one. Beside so
1: it. I'm running as number one candidate for the DLP uh, in the Western Metro, and uh, I've, I've represented the Western suburbs for for a long time. And I'm hoping that they'll put me back uh, for at least another four years. Uh, that would, would be would be very good, and I'll continue to uh, to be their mouth in um, in Spring Street. That'd be that'd be
0: fantastic. I, I think that would be good for Victoria and good for Australia. Uh, to have a genuine Christian conservative in uh, the halls of power at Spring Street, Victoria, uh, for as long as possible. Um, Bernie, you were at the uh, CPAC event this weekend, uh, and it was an inspiring weekend. I, I really wanted to go. I had my tickets all lined up, ready to go, uh, and then I looked at the airfares, and it was just astronomical. I, I, there's no way I could justify an $800 return flight for the conference. Yeah, um, of course, I booked. I
1: booked a couple of months ago. So, um, smarter than
0: me.
1: So, <laughs> heard it was on. I, I I booked the the airfare, so I uh, I got it for for five hundred return, which is still. Wow. Over- but uh, but not as bad as you're uh, you're suggesting. Uh, Dave, it was just the most extraordinary weekend, the most amazing weekend. Uh, And if I can say, I left Sydney yesterday um, with with a spring in my step and joy in my heart uh, because I felt that uh, the weekend brought something that I hadn't fully anticipated. Uh, And that is, um, you know, the the CPAC um, has been to a degree, even in its early days, uh, has been a catalyst for change. Um, but what it is becoming now is a movement in its own right uh, and uh, and that's something that um, I think we've, we've long needed here in uh, in Australia. We've long needed a, a, a pure conservative movement uh, here in, in Australia and uh, just just like they have in the United States, Uh, And uh, and I'm very, very excited about uh, what lies ahead. And, uh, you know, I said to Andrew Cooper uh, on uh, on Sunday night, uh, you know, I'm really keen to get involved in this because I can see some really big and exciting things happening um, for uh, for conservatism and the the issues that conservatives uh, care about. I can see some really big things happening uh, in the the few years ahead uh, here in Australia. It's, It's a very, very exciting time.
0: It it is indeed. I, um, I I just I'm kicking myself that I wasn't able to make it there. But uh, as generous as the supporters are, though, it just didn't quite stretch to airfares plus accommodation plus tickets plus all the everything else. Um, with uh, especially the up, upcoming work uh, we're doing. Um, and the point of it is, it was an unmissable show. Uh, Alexandra Marshall, your thoughts? Um, how good. Uh, was the conference, the the weekend, and and how useful do you think CPAC is going to continue to become um, as it emerges as the uh, most popular conservative conference in Australia?
2: Well, CPAC is fascinating because it is one of the few times when conservative voices of the public and of the voters is actually louder than that of the conservative movement's leaders. And it's also a rare opportunity when conservative leaders get the opportunity to hear live and to talk with their voters and find out what they really think. And for too often in Australia, we have the conservative leaders in a bubble uh, whereas in like the UK and America, there's far more interaction between the voting public and their politicians. But here at CPAC, everyone was able to mingle together. They were able to speak with each other, which is fabulous, and it's invaluable for a political for a political leader and and also for a political movement like the conservative movement to sort of have a little check to see what the uh, people actually think of past events, especially after such a a turmoil as the last two years of COVID, where the Liberal Party, who are the main conservative movement and the minor parties, really do need to uh, take stock of what happened and find out what their voters think that they should do next.
0: Was there a particular section of the conference, Bernie, uh, that you found the, the most enjoyable, the most stimulating uh, and, and perhaps helpful to the average right thinking voter in Australia?
1: Well, I thought you know whoever put the program together really knew what they were doing because they started off with a, a truly inspirational woman uh, called Jacita Price, uh, who's now a, a federal senator, and her opening address was uh, was superb, uh, and uh, she she set the standard uh, for the rest uh, the, for the rest of the weekend. Um, I thought um, Matt Canavan uh, spoke strongly about the importance of the family, spoke strongly about the importance of children, and uh, and his um, his address I thought was uh, was Quite spectacular. Uh, so if, you, if you're watching, Matt, well done. Uh, it, I'm glad. I'm glad to hear we've got one Matt somewhere who knows what they're talking about. Uh, but <laughs> he, he, really, he really was. He really was uh, quite spectacular. And can I say that uh, the battleground Melbourne um, uh, presentation uh, on Sunday afternoon uh, did did trigger me a little. Uh, but it, it
3: really was.
1: It really was spectacular it's the only word I can use it, it was spectacular it was stark um and I think it, it shook a lot of people um to their core uh my, myself included and and just brought back um all of those um horrible dreadful memories that we have of, of what happened in Melbourne um over the last uh, over the last two years uh and uh you know it's it's perhaps reminded me of the importance uh of of well i don 't need to be reminded, but but it did anyway the importance yep. of removing the Andrews government because they have done this they, they you know they were the ones who were who, who beat up um, freedom protesters I mean it was just, yep. just extraordinary uh, what happened here in Melbourne, and I thought that they did a great job and of course, uh, uh, to finish off uh, with the inevitable uh, Alan Jones um, who, who received a, a standing ovation at the beginning and a standing ovation at the end. Um, and as he said he, he didn't think little old him would get a standing ovation he got two damn fine effort but he um you know yeah. he he went a little bit over time but we could have we could have stayed there all night because he really was uh, he, quite a remarkable man he, you know he, um he's he's getting on a bit i suppose but uh, the the the, bro- the mind is as sharp as a as, as a tack and um you, you couldn't get, compare him to, to Joe Biden in any way uh, so that was a, it was yes. a great way. Great, great finish, uh, great in the middle, and great at the end. So uh, uh, it yeah. really was a, a superb conference, all up. Just magnificent. Yeah, yeah. No I, I one, no one
2: would dare. Sorry, no one would dare to interrupt Alan Jones. I mean, uh, it doesn't uh, matter what the timer said on his uh meeting, he was going to go for as long as Alan Jones was going to go for, and the audience yeah. was 100% there for it. <laughs> but I'd also like to special shout out to the uh the Japanese representative of CPAC because not only was he very good looking and the girls in the audience were all there for him, uh, but he also made the interesting point that uh. You know, Europe and uh, sorry, Japan and Australia now have a special relationship because of their shared conservative politics, which is quite astonishing considering what happened in the Second World War. That they have now come so close. And mm. he did invite all of us to go to uh, CPAC in Japan, although I don't know how many of us can speak Japanese. But it was <laughs> sweet of him to do so. Uh, and yeah. of course, you can't go past Nigel Farage, who was it- one of the leading headlines in the active people were there. Funny story, just briefly. I've been standing all day because I kept walking in and out. And so I ended up not having a seat, so I had to stand most of the time. And I took my shoes off because I was in heels. and You know, girls are like, it hurts. And just as I took my heels off, in walks Nigel Farage behind me to get in the lift. And I was like, God damn it. I mean, honestly, that was such – I was all perfect. And, no, he walks in when I'm in bare feet. So that's such an Australian thing. Um, Hopefully he doesn't hold that against me.
0: (laughs) I want to pick up on what you said, uh, Bernie, about Battleground Melbourne and just give that a plug. If if Mm. anybody watching – the show right now hasn't seen battleground melbourne here is the website where you can go and watch it you can watch it there for free uh, i would recommend and encourage you to make a donation to support the filmmakers yeah. um, it has won international film festival awards this is a globally successful uh, video um, and movie it's it's a proper made movie i know the filmmaker um, who unfortunately had to be credited anonymously Uh, because uh, having a film business um, and a video production business, um, it's heavily dominated by leftists, and you risk losing your entire career uh, if you actually get credited in making a right-wing documentary. And this is about as truth-telling as it gets, uh, the way a documentary should be. Um, And uh, I guess part of the, the truth being told is that the credits had so many anonymous contributors in them, uh, but um, that is to just pump its tyres up and say, go and watch Battleground Melbourne if you haven't watched it yet. Um, did it? Did it win and, and any awards
2: it, in Victoria?
0: It even won awards in Victoria, Ellie. No,
2: did it? No, did it win any awards in Victoria? Oh, were they too trying to it give it, it anything?
0: Uh, No, I'm. I'm pretty sure they're all international film festivals. Yeah. nothing, nothing local. We're far too uh, socialist uh, a nation yeah. and people. No, <laughs> the only thing story is 12 months jail. That's uh, about the only thing they'll get. <laughs> That's right. Uh, Battleground, Melbourne. Bad, 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 bad. Yeah. Look, uh, I think we, we have to move to uh, the uncensored version of the show now. Um, so I just want to encourage you to share this, um, share this video uh, on social media. The live stream will stay up for the whole hour. You don't need to go anywhere. Uh, but if uh, you are watching the recording of this later, Uh, we're not going to support Facebook and YouTube by leaving long videos up there. And uh, we're not going to cooperate with their dictates of abhorrent community standards, uh, which are anti-truth, anti-justice, and anti-Christian and anti-family. They're abusive and they're horrible. So to fight back against big tech, would you do me a favor and go and watch the rest of this video on goodsource.news right now, please. Um, We're going to have a short break. And when we... uh, Uh, do that. That's where this recording will end. But please, if you're watching live, don't go anywhere. Please share the video, get other people to join us, uh, add your comments and add your criticisms. And uh, let's uh, have that conversation uh, together. May all that you stand
1: for and that we stand for be preserved under the providence of God for the happiness of mankind.
2: Trouble is caused by unthinking people who carelessly throw away ageless ideals as if they were old and outworn machines.
1: But it is the values of individual liberty, equality before the law, and the supremacy of people over the state to which we can always, with confidence, return as a powerful and uniting force.
3: Australia is not a secular country, it is a free country.
0: Well, as I said, I couldn't afford the airfares to go down to CPAC and I'm kicking myself what I've missed out on. Uh, Just so terrible. And I'm so thankful to uh, Andrew Cooper and ADH-TV for uh, putting on the live stream so I can go and watch so much of that. Uh, We're going to talk more about CPAC in just a minute. But what I did spend the money that I would have spent my airfares on is going to Adelaide because in just one month's time on the 5th of November, uh, we're going to be hosting Church and State Adelaide, a conference designed to gather uh, Christians in particular, not just conservatives, but Christians, people who hold to a cultural Christian ethic, a Bible-believing value system, which we believe would be a great blessing for our neighbours, the policy, ideal policy settings for Australia. Uh, it doesn't mean we're after a theocracy, where the church should be the government, No. We still believe one man, one vote, um, but we want to see Christians get off their bum, get into the public square, and actually be counted and be heard. Um, and there's a very biblical basis for that. So if uh, you're already off your bum and in the public square, bring a friend along who needs to be uh, you know, convinced of the same. Uh, one of the most common feedbacks I get after a church and state conference, whether it's small or large, is I wish I had have known it was going to be like this because I would have brought more people. It's not a political conference. It's not your average church conference. It's a good combination of both very entertaining, highest caliber speakers only. Senator Alex Antic uh, um, will be joining us as a speaker um, in Adelaide, as well as uh, the indomitable James McPherson, who's always entertaining and amusing. Head to churchandstate.com.au now, grab your tickets, and we'd love to see you uh, there. Um now, we're actually going to watch a clip now um, about, uh, from Malcolm Roberts, uh, and uh, he had uh, a little bit of uh, valuable, I think, fiery contributions uh, to the CPAC conference. Uh, he's not afraid to uh, bite the hand that feeds him and uh, tell it exactly like it is. Uh, so, Chris, if that's ready, uh, let's uh, watch that video.
3: In this last election, the Liberal Party and the National Party chose to preference the Labor Party ahead of One Nation in many races, in the end delivering the Senate to the ALP and neutering the Liberal Party. So, What the hell is going on? Like many people here, I do hope the Liberals rediscover their roots in true liberalism, true conservatism. It would, however, be unbelievable if the Liberals achieved that in a single weekend long pep rally. Where is Peter Dutton, can I ask? Seriously? I thought I was coming to I thought I was coming to CPAC. It feels more like LPAC, Liberal Political Action Conference. I must say, CPAC is back from their three-year COVID hiatus with a very short memory. Returning to their conservative roots will take fundamental changes in the power structure of a party that quite simply sold Australia out. The best way to help the Liberal Party, for those who want to help the Liberal Party, is to expose the cracks, not paper them over. Not and not just during COVID, but going back to the days of John Howard and his implementation of the 1997 UN Kyoto Protocol that stripped property rights from farmers to meet targets imposed by the UN without compensation and going around the Constitution to do so. That has never been set right, and we need to set it right. If the Liberals want to embrace conservatism, now that setting that right might be a good place to start. Who was it that locked Sydney, Western Sydney residents into their homes and put troops to the streets to keep them there? Who was that? Gladys Berejiklian's Liberal government. Who closed their state off to the rest of Australia, imposed business closures, restricted movement, and forced medical mandates on their citizens? That was the Liberal Marshall South Australian government. Who changed the rules to allow emergency health orders under the Biosecurity Act, and then tore up the vaccine approval rule book while sharing your vaccine status with anyone who wanted to see it? Always remember that. That was the Liberal Morrison government. If the Liberal Party want their supporters to hold the line, as we heard yesterday, then they need to change their leadership, change their policies, apologize for their failures, and start again truthfully and honestly. And they need to call a Royal Commission into COVID, although maybe under Albanese, it might be better if they just let the senators get on with having a Senate select inquiry into it, because we can ask the questions that need to be asked. Liberal Premier Perrottet could do that right now. He could have an inquiry. I also heard a speaker in favor of retaining the two-party system, Nick Cater. I disagree, completely. Nigel Farage said, go and, and elect the best people you can, regardless of party, and if the Conservatives have governed as Liberal Democrats, Social Democrats, rather, get rid of them. It was not a two-party system that des- delivered Conservatives a victory in Italy. That was a multi-party coalition. It was not a two-party system that delivered Conservatives to government in Sweden. That was a multi-party coalition. While Brexit did deliver the first black eye to the globalists, as another speaker mentioned, the Conservatives didn't do that. It was one man who built up an army in the people, and that's what we need here. Nigel Farage did that. I, uh, I, I think
0: one of the tragedies of uh, CPAC Um, has probably been glossed over a little bit because of what Nick Cater uh, went on to say and the reaction to Nick Cater. But I think when Amanda Stoker, um, immediately following this speech, uh, said aloud, um, a little bit passively aggressively, wouldn't it be great if we spent more time at this conference attacking those on the other side instead of those on our side? I think that really missed the entire point of why her pre-selection spot was so low and why uh, she didn't end up getting a Liberal uh, Senate spot in the federal election altogether, why the Morrison government lost altogether. And, And that's because there are so many people in the Liberal Party who are on the other side. They're the people who spend all their time trying to eradicate Conservatives and Christians from the Liberal Party. They are spending and exerting a lot of energy both rhetorically and publicly in the PR battle and in the actual um, factions in the party itself attacking Christians and conservatives. So a speech like Malcolm Roberts just gave then is precisely attacking people on the other side. And a conference like that is exactly the right place where we should be focusing on and debating those issues, not indulging in some kind of uh, Liberal Party backslapping, slapping self-congratulatory echo chamber. Uh, Bernie Finn, you are just one such person, perhaps the most recent uh, exact example of somebody who has been persecuted, an elected Member of Parliament, persecuted out of and expelled from the Liberal Party by the current Liber- Victorian Liberal Party leader, Matthew Guy, and... Uh, you've been kicked out of the party because of a classic conservative position, and that is being pro-life and condemning uh, the child sacrifice industry in Australia. Yeah, uh, yeah. What are the, the merits, do you think, of uh, what um, what uh, Malcolm Roberts had to say then? And uh, what were your thoughts uh, when Amanda Stoker had that to say uh, about his speech moments later?
1: Well, I, I thought I thought Amanda um, probably missed the, missed the mark a bit. I, I've got a lot of time for Amanda and I'm I'm really disappointed uh, that she's no longer in Parliament because I thought uh, she was an outstanding uh, Conservative Senator. Uh, what we have to do is we have to stop um, uh, listing people as, as Liberal or Labour or National. We should be listing them as Socialists or Conservatives or um, whatever... That the left of the Liberal Party is these days um, we have to we have to start speaking in those those sorts of terms uh, quite frankly here in Victoria um, the Liberal Party's a total mess because it does not know what it believes in I mean we have seen over the last few months uh, the Liberal Party in Victoria vote in the in the state parliament vote for uh, the Aboriginal treaty um, and support the government's position um, on emissions which is to the left further to the left than, uh, than the Albanese government. Uh, it, it's just staggering. And the number of, of liberals that I've spoken to and uh, people that have been in the party for a very long time uh, are just are just walking away. Uh, and and uh, it's, it's good for me, I have to say, because a lot of people are coming to me and saying, how can I help you? Uh, because this, this mob are hopeless. Uh, and, and yes, they are. They are hopeless. And it's, and it's very, very sad uh, to see. And, and I, I have got to say to you that, and I said this on Facebook yesterday, um, if, the, if the Liberal Party con- continues down this path of betraying its, um, its conservative base, the Liberal Party will die. There is no no question about that. It will die. It it, it will be dead. It will be dead within a decade. And that's probably giving it far more time uh, than it is is either due or or, or we would expect. Um, It will it will die because, uh, you know, the the base of the Liberal Party is comprised almost entirely of conservative people. That's why they joined the Liberal Party. Uh, and uh, you know you mm. you see people like Matt Keen, for example, in uh, in uh, in New South Wales. Um, you know James Newbury in in Victoria. Uh, some of these clowns um, who really are in the wrong party. I mean, you, you look at these people and you right. think yeah, you, you, you look to yourself why you think to yourself rather why are these people in the Liberal Party? Why I mean these people do not believe what liberals believe, uh, and it and, right. and it is. It is destroying the Liberal Party, and it will be. Ter- if it's not already terminal, and it may well be. If it's not already terminal, um, it it will be. And uh, you know, we saw what happened uh, to to um, to the Morrison government. Um, I suspect we're going to see what happens to uh, to Matthew Guy um, in November. Uh, and uh, you know, we, we in, in this time next year, and, and I'm and I'm just trying to think when the Tasmanian election is. Um, but but this time next year, um, there is a better than even chance that there will be no Liberal governments left in Australia. Yeah. Uh,
0: Alexandria Marshall.
2: Yeah, that's um, right. uh, say, can, I, can I add that bit about Amanda Stoker first, just quickly? Yeah. Uh, Amanda Stoker has exactly the same problem as the Liberal Party has, in that she held a position of power, she speaks to Conservative values, but she didn't once vote against the tyranny that overtook the country when it mattered. And because she didn't, act upon her principles, the public were viewing her at CPAC in the same way that they viewed the Liberal Party, as dishonest and as betraying them. And Amanda Stoker and the rest of the Liberal Party, doesn't matter how great their history was at the party, which is what Nick Minchin's problem was, he kept saying how great his history was, well, no one cares what you did in the past. They care what you did in the last two years and Mm. what you say now. And the power of CPAC was about listening to the public and the critical mistake these Liberal Party people made is they arrogantly ignored the feedback of their party members instead of stopping on stage and going, I'm sorry, I clearly made a mistake, our party made a mistake, these are the ways in which we are going to try and undo and apologise for our past. Now, that is such an essential thing that was missed by the Liberal party and that they will now suffer for later on in the press. But also, uh, Alan Jones made the point that it's not parties that are moving toward conservative values. It is individuals with charismatic power and great principles, people like Farage who changed the course of the UK's history with his Brexit movement, people like Trump who dragged the Republican Party into power when they were not going down that street, people like Ron DeSantis. It is not coming from a party reform, which is what the Liberals were begging for. It has to come from Liberal leaders and they have to be honest.
0: Yeah. I I want to... um, I want to ask you, uh, Alexandra, about what Bernie said about the, the death of the Liberal Party in 10 years or so um, and added at the, if, if it betrays the Conservative base um, and, and then uh, at the end saying if it's not terminal already. I want to say for the record, the last Victorian election, the West Australian uh, state election, the South Australian state election, uh, we've seen the Liberal Party be absolutely decimated in loss of incumbency and, and, uh, and elections where not incumbent, just losing numbers to the point of not even really forming a party in parliament anymore. Uh, is it already dead? What does death look like if this isn't it?
2: Well, the population of any civilization is always split about half-half between conservatives and and left-leaning socialists, roughly. That, sh- that shifts a little bit depending on how good the leadership of a particular movement is, but that's, that's a constant throughout most of civilisation. Now, the problem comes when a party who represents one of those movements, say the Conservatives, starts moving off the general uh, values and principles of the people who vote for them, that's when a party collapses and dies. And it's happened before many times in the Westminster system and in other systems of government. So the whole point of having the minor parties in the Westminster system is to give the uh, the major parties a hint that if minor parties are on the rise, then the major party has wandered too far off of its uh, popular uh, and election winning position. And what the liberals are doing is instead of going, "Gee, isn't it strange that all these conservative parties are sort of popping up?" Um, let's put them last under Labour when we're preferencing people. Uh, they are com- fundamentally failing to understand the warning signs that their movement is dying because they. Are becoming a labor light version but worse than that they have no leaders that are worth following and so when you've got state leadership we're seeing the parties die in the states that's partly because they've got no spine and mostly because they've got leaders that nobody wants to vote for because human beings will vote for strength even if it's tyrannical strength Mm -hmm. so I, i guarantee you in victoria doesn't matter how badly daniel andrews abused them how much they lost during it they are going to stand there and vote for daniel andrews again because you know he he exists as a strong person, even if he's a, a terribly evil person, because mm. Matthew Guy, the only thing people know about him is that he had dinner with mobsters. I mean, that's pretty much the only publicity that has sunk through in the mainstream, and that was courtesy of some activists who hate him. Now, that is not enough for a Liberal Party to win. I mean, who was it, Kirk up in WA who basically said, I'm not here to win? I mean, this yeah. is not how Conservative parties he, he survive. They,
1: if, he, if he wasn't there to win, he succeeded there very, very admirably. Look, yeah. The Liberal the Liberal Party um, made a huge mistake uh, last year when they replaced a, a guy who um, the, the the public was ambivalent about at that point. They hadn't made up their minds. They replaced him with somebody that the public hated. Now, that, that, that seemed to be, at the time, to be a very, very strange thing to do. Um, looking at the polls as we are, you know, six weeks out from uh, when polling begins, um, uh, it's even stranger now. I, I just don't understand what people were thinking at the time um and um the liberal party will pay a very very uh big price i believe for for that mistake but also for not having uh, any beliefs at all uh and for betraying those um who have supported the liberal party uh, loyally i mean i i was a member of the liberal party for 41 years um they turfed me out for being conservative uh that that's that sent a message right across victoria Bernie.
2: yeah, uh, yeah. What what uh, here's a fundamental fun, fundamental question What do voters get if they vote for uh, Matt Well what do they actually get Do they they get He didn't oppose the vaccine stuff He didn't oppose no. what Daniel Andrews did He's no. more left than Daniel Andrews on net zero policies He wants to give more money to renewables things Like what is what do they actually get if they vote for Matt I mean no one can answer if there's anything conservative about him or about the party
1: well, I'd say to you that, um, you know, what, what Matthew Guy has brought to uh, to the Liberal Party the second time as, as leader is pretty much what he brought the first time. Um, and that's uh, not much at all. Uh, his, his attitudes toward a range of things really depend on who he's talking to at the time. Um, and that's not how you run a political party. That's not how you run a government. Uh, and, uh, you know, at least, at least with Despot Dan... Um, we know where he's coming from, we know where he's going to, and that's that's uh, scary, I have to say. Um, but with with uh, Matthew, Matt, Matty, whatever his name is this week, um, we, we, you know, we just, um, we, we can't be sure at all because he does change so often. And, you know, I know that he is a climate change sceptic because he has told me many, 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 many times. But yet he's he's now, uh, you know, running with the dogs and, and chasing the hounds or whatever that, that term is uh, yeah. and uh, chasing chasing votes on the back of, of climate change, which he,
3: That's
2: which he worse. thinks
1: ridiculous. That's
2: worse. That is yeah. far worse. If if you if you are involved if you're a fully a diehard supporter of climate change, well fine, at least you're you're being honest to your principles. But if you know it's wrong and you're still prepared to throw public money at it and to impoverish the rest of your state with mm. energy bills they can't afford, businesses they can't run, and demands on their liberty that are unacceptable, well then you are worse than Daniel Andrews. I have no yeah. time for conservatives I, who don't value I, their I, I, principles.
1: Yeah, look, I've, I've got to agree. And, you know, the, the, the fact of the matter is there are a lot of Liberal, um, not just members, but Liberal voters who are looking at the Liberal Party and they're asking exactly the same question, um, Alexandra, that, that you asked. You know, why the hell should we vote for these people? And nobody's giving them an answer. Yeah. Nobody is giving an And, you know, they're, they're talking about health a lot and that's great. Health's a very important issue. But, you know, we have got in this state, we have got Uh, around about 170 to 175 billion dollar debt at this point in time so so we you know how we would turn that back how we would actually do anything about that that's not being addressed by the Liberal Party and and, I mean that's talking about the state's future that's talking about burdening not just my kids but my grandkids and possibly my great-grandkids uh with a um uh, with, with a debt that they're going to be paying off for for many many years to come, um, yep. you know there is there is no there is no um, depth to any uh, philosophical position, any ideological position, um, and and people just don't. One of the
0: uh, things that I've seen, uh, we've all seen, but I'm, I'm just going to observe it for the conversation now, is, is that the Liberal Party in Queensland and South Australia, at the very least, uh, probably other states as well, there have been concerted efforts by the party branch, the, not the parliamentary branch, but the party branch, to expel people who are from minor conservative parties. Uh, when Cory Bernardi's uh, party collapsed um, and he, he shut it down, uh, the conserv- and, and they got rid of Malcolm Turnbull, a whole bunch of conservatives wanted to go back to the Liberal Party and be part of that movement. And they were rejected en masse, uh, coldly and, and clinically. Um, there's also been the, in South Australia, uh, you know, headlines in the newspaper about the move to expel um, con- Christians and conservatives who have been recruiting to the Liberal Party. Well, 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 we don't want you guys doing a recruitment drive for the Liberal Party. Uh, that's, that's no good. We, we like it as it is. Uh, I want to know, why it's not a valid strategy to put the shoe on the other foot. Uh, I agree that the Liberal Party should be a broad church. It should be a broad tent which uh, invites people from disparate tribes to unite (coughs) and fight against socialism and collectivism and and all the various forms of that. That should welcome uh, people right of centre like conservatives and Christians and uh, classical liberals and and the such like. But... Is it such a big tent that it's a circus tent and includes clowns like Malcolm Turnbull and Simon Birmingham and Matthew Guy? Uh, I think if we have a look at the Liberal Party's uh, value statements, these are things I can get behind and I just wish the Liberal Party would get behind them. For example, during the last few years, the Federal Liberal Party and many of its state branches certainly did not believe in the inalienable rights and freedoms of all peoples. No, no, we can absolutely alienate rights and freedoms when we deem it to be in the greater good. That's called fascism. Uh, The Liberal Party says they work towards a lean government that minimises interference in our daily lives. What? That's exactly the opposite of what Liberal governments and politicians said over the last two or three years during the COVID emergency. I would love it if the Liberal Party actually believed those things and and got back into it. Uh, and, And so you know, maybe there is a point that uh, we could get back to the Liberal Party. Maybe the Liberal Party doesn't need fixing if only it was true to itself. Uh, and that's perhaps what Nick Minchin was saying in this clip we're about to show at CPAC, which went down like a lead balloon. Chris, let's play that video.
1: A lot this weekend people saying, oh, the party's changed or whatever. I mean, is the party an immutable force and can people still actually get in and change it from within if they're committed?
3: Well, I, to be frank, I don't know that the Liberal Party needs a whole lot of changing. It has profound. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought. I, Hey, thought, calm down, will you? I thought we were Spanish. a conservative guy. worse than a socialist audience. Give me a I, chance to speak. I, I feel like I found myself on the set of Q&A. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, please allow Nick to finish what he's going to say. Come on, a little bit of courtesy. We are courteous on the conservative side. Nick. Listen, I was a profound conservative and fought every conservative fight in the Liberal Party for 30 years. Indeed. I was on the trenches. I know warrior. what it's like so I'm not going to take any rubbish from you lot. I'm sorry. Um, The Liberal Party's values are values you should all support. Go and read the platform of the party. Read We Believe. We stand for small government. We stand for low taxation. We stand for federation. We stand for good government. Now, the, uh, the candidates we select are a function of you. It's a function of the members of the party. We have plebiscites around Australia. We select the candidates and we decide who goes into Parliament. And it's our job as party members to keep them honest, okay? Now, I know you're all disappointed in the last nine years of government, well, I am too. Let, 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 let's give everybody their say, eh? Come on, please, fair's fair.
0: We've heard from a variety. Well, Alexandra Marshall, uh, you had a bit to say and your uh, comments were actually made it, I don't know if you saw, your tweet was embedded in a News Limited article. Did you see that?
2: Uh, no, I didn't see that.
0: You are Insta-famous. Uh, but what was your thoughts about that, the, the thoughts you shared with the Twitterverse and uh, got republished courtesy of Murdoch?
2: Uh, send me that later on if you wouldn't mind. Uh, I <laughs> think uh, the, the primary thing there was when he said, fair's fair. Uh, the audience are thinking to themselves, what do you mean, fair's fair? We've had two years of crap from your party and you're telling us, you're, you're reprimanding us for having a voice for the first time and telling what we think as someone... Uh, posted a comment as we were watching that. It's hubris what uh, Nick Minchin was going on with there. But the point is that the Liberal Party didn't believe the values that Nick Minchin was referencing before COVID because I remember sitting down when I decided to join One Nation, reading the party platforms and reading their policies and realising the Liberals had no idea what their actual statement said if you were to read the policies that match. And if Nick Minchin truly believed with as much passion as he put up on that stage, the values of the Liberal Party, he would have been the leading figure in the press every mm. single day out there in front of the camera, giving Scott Morrison a hard time, giving Perrottet a hard time for the garbage they put the people through and the voting public through. And yet he was silent along with the rest of the Liberal Party. And that's why the people in that audience booed him. And you couldn't hear it in that recording but aside from net zero, what they were shouting was, you betrayed us. And that mm-hmm. is something that trying to rest on your laurels and lecture the public, which he did in a second video later on, like, this was not the first time he was booed. He was booed again when he tried to double down on it because the public no longer believe the Liberals, believe their own party policies and their own mission statement. And they will never get over that while either, well they act like Nick Mitchum did there.
0: Bernie, uh, the question which Nick Minchin was <coughs> responding to uh, from Nick Cater was, is the Liberal Party, is the party an immutable force or can people still get in and change it from within? Now, it sounds to me like he's describing, uh, he's intending to describe uh, the, the push, the impetus Uh, that people like uh, Senator Alex Antic are having successfully in the South Australian branch, where they are doing an effective recruitment drive of genuine conservatives. They're not paying for people's memberships. They're not controlling their votes. It's not branch stacking. It's 100% legitimate and ethical. uh, And within constitutional guidelines, they are recruiting members to the party in the view of renewing it to its conservative roots. They are doing it well. But it sounds to me like what he's describing is the actual long march through the institutions, such as the infiltration by left-wing Marxists into the Liberal Party, who have proven um, that you can actually get in and change it from within. Uh, And so how would you have answered that question if asked by Nick Cater? Is the party an immutable force, or can people still get in and change it from within?
1: Well, I think I have to say to you, Dave, I think it's going to be very, very difficult to change the party. Um, I was absolutely staggered when I heard Nick make that statement that he didn't think the party needed a lot of change. Uh, I have had a lot of time for a long time for, for Nick Minchin, um, but I was absolutely staggered when I heard him say that because the party doesn't need change. It needs revolution. Uh, that's what it needs because it does not stand for anything that it used to stand for, it's supposed mm. to stand for. It, it reminds me, you know, um, Sir Robert Menzies back in the 70s uh, didn't bother hiding um, the fact that, that he voted DLP because he thought that the, uh, the Liberal Party at that time had gone too far to the left. Uh, I think if Sir Robert uh, was still with us, he'd probably be doing that again uh, because the, the party, um, you know, like I'll give you, for example, for last year, you know, there was a bill before the Victorian Parliament um, on conversion therapy now we, as a party, and I was—I say we—voted um, uh, in a party room to support that bill. Now that was a bill um, that that stepped on the rights of of Christians, of parents. Um, it was it mm. was a, a, a law that was against the right of assembly, the right of free speech, the right of relig- uh, freedom of religion, uh, the right of, of parents to uh, to protect their children, uh, the right of. Uh, of of doctors to uh, to consult their patients. I mean, it was just the most appalling piece of legislation imaginable, and I, it was the only time I've ever crossed the floor, uh, and that, that that may well have been the, the the beginning of the end for me. But but I couldn't support it, and I wouldn't support it, and the vast majority of members of the Liberal Party felt exactly the same way. But yet, the parliamentary party um, voted to support it, and indeed. Did support it uh, when it when it went to the to the upper house, and uh, you know when when that sort of thing is happening, uh, and then you have people like Nick Minchin say the Liberal Party doesn't need change. Hey, we've got a credibility issue here. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, some, somebody's either not aware of what's going on, or you know they're they're having a lean of us. And I, I'd like to think that that Nick, I'd like to give him the benefit of the doubt. Uh, but uh, I I just, uh, you know, I I, I think, as I said before, I I think the Liberal Party doesn't need change. It needs uh, major revolution, um, and I can't see that happening anytime soon.
2: And and you know what else made it worse? I I don't know if we actually played the whole clip, but on three separate occasions while the crowd was booing, the people on stage accused the crowd of being socialists. The irony of accusing a conservative audience, complaining about how far left their leaders have gone, of yeah. being socialist did not help their cause.
1: No, no I, I'm not say. I,
0: I, I think the point was probably uh, that uh, it, it would have been helpful if they had been at least courteous. Now, it doesn't.
2: But, mean, but, but why should they be courteous? Like, why should they be courteous? The, these leaders never get an opportunity believe to be No, you, no because it's
0: politics. We, we don't politics believe in has
2: the Politics yeah. has never been courteous. Winston Churchill, he had to stand up and face the crowds and he had to convince hostile crowds that his was the way forward. And if the Conservatives cannot do that with their own audience and face a little bit of backlash, then they are not skilled enough to lead the party out of the mess that it's in. I mean, this is You're politics. You're absolutely you can-
0: right, but you yeah. have to be capable of, of acknowledging when we've made a mistake. You're right. Nick Minchin and the people on stage reacted badly. Uh, but they shouldn't have gone off it and they shouldn't have called him socialists. But nevertheless, their point was right is that the people in the audience reacted badly. They should uh, practice what they preach. If you believe in free speech, then don't engage in the heckler's veto. Let somebody. No, I don't, I don't
2: agree with you. I don't agree with you at all. The, the, crab, okay. the people, can, on, the, the people on stage were happy to take the cheers. They love yeah. the cheers. They love being interrupted by cheers. And if you make a mistake and get interrupted by we, boos instead, well, that is the back and forth that a live crowd will do.
0: We don't disagree. You know, the people on stage I, I, should have I, taken it on I, the chin. But I think I, the people I, I, in the I, audience... And not behave ideally Bernie go
1: ahead Andrew 100% I mean if you're prepared to get up there and and face an audience that it was a a fairly substantial audience there was you know probably 800 900 people uh, in the room if not more Um, if you're prepared to stand up and and say the sorts of things uh, like Nick Nick, Nick mentioned you know there's nothing wrong with the Liberal Party Uh, and then then Nick made a statement which I thought inflamed the situation no end when he said I'm not going to listen to what you lot have to say there, there is the problem the Liberal Party has. They don't listen to anyone about mm. that. That is the problem. That is the yeah. problem. And, you know, I, I actually got up and walked out at that point. Um, I said, uh, wow. you know, I, I, thought to, I thought to myself, i got, got a cup of tea to have or something. I, there's something, <laughs> something down here. I, yeah. I just couldn't. And, I,
2: and I, look, they were ways was... out of it. Bernie, yeah. Bernie they were ways out of that situation. Like the host could have stopped it. Even someone like Amanda could have stopped it and said, Obviously, listening to what we're hearing right now, there is a problem with the party. They could have stopped that and, and tried to appeal to their audience, yeah, but they didn't. And that shows you that they are not skilled politicians. They do not have a farage level of skill or the skill of the US uh, politicians that we had there on stage to react and to adapt uh, and to learn which was the opportunity that CPAC offered them. It was to learn from their crowd and they they didn't. They came there in their same bubble and they left with their same bubble. If nothing else, they probably think, screw that crowd because they're not going to follow us with their opinion. And that is so sad because the public walked away going, well, they're not listening to us, so let's go and vote for minor party. So it was a failure on their behalf to convert more people to the Liberal cause. I, I think they fundamentally have made a mistake there that they will need to recover from publicly.
0: Yeah. Oh, I well, agree. They, and, they need to uh, use an opportunity they, they like that. Audience, Sorry, Bernie. You go ahead. I was talking over they, you.
1: They, they said to the audience, "Screw you," and the audience said to them, "Screw you." Uh, mm. You know that th- there was a real anger in that in that crowd um, on um, uh, on Sunday afternoon. It was Sunday, Sunday afternoon. I can't remember. There was a bit of a blur on the weekend, uh, but it was the, the re- there was a real anger um, in in the in the audience about what had been said, uh, mm. and uh, for them to dismiss that. Uh, And I have to say, uh, Tina McQueen's performance uh, was just unbelievably bad as well. Um, But, uh, you know, for them to dismiss that uh, when they should have been listening, they should have been taking a message. uh, And that message being that, um, you know, the Liberal Party can no longer take conservative voters for granted. Um, You know, conservative voters, and we've seen this right around Australia, are now voting for a variety of... Um, of minor parties, and we and we go back to well, I think it was the to 2016 election um, where um, uh, was it Mark Texter or, or Linton Crosby said uh, we don't need conservative voters.
0: Mark Texter.
1: Um, so so um, Mark Textor. So a, a million of mm. a million conservative voters went elsewhere, um, mm. and and that just, that's just got worse since for for the Liberal parties. Uh, perspective so you know they have to get their act together they have to think about this because it's just not good enough to say well you know I've got I, I've got a strong conservative voting record that's great that's you know and I pat Nick on the back but you know going forward and I hate that term but going forward um, that 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 is just uh, not acceptable um, yeah. for the majority of Australians.
0: Yeah, good comments. Uh, Topher Field has dropped into the comments and says, I love that this panel happened after the Battleground Melbourne session. The federal libs were worse than useless at protecting human rights, did nothing for the people in Victoria, and the audience reaction says that they're not taking the crap anymore. Uh, Alexandra, I agree with you that um, any of the people on the panel could have taken the opportunity, taken stock of the reaction of the audience, if if they had have missed the feedback from the nation uh, so far, they could have at that point finally taken stock and missed uh, and and taken advantage of a golden opportunity to bring Conservatives into the party by showing a bit of humility and listening um, to the feedback, just acknowledge it. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think the audience reacted uh in a way that was integrous with their values. But the people on stage uh, definitely uh, reacted very badly and, and missed some great opportunities, as you write, as you said. Uh, Naomi, thank you for your comment. You've said, uh, Naomi says, Minchin was probably right in that the Liberal Party policies don't need changing. Uh, perhaps you mean the, the, anyway, she says, however, it's the Liberal Party politicians that need to go back to core values. So, Uh, Yeah, if they were to be true to the website, uh, I think we're all agreed on this panel today, if they were true to the website, they would be a very different party and a very different uh, election outcome uh, in itself. Right? Wrong thoughts, guys? Jump in. Very much
2: The only only person who had the grace to actually look uncomfortable was Tina McQueen. And I'm sure that's because she's had the same questions put to her on Sky several times. But again, didn't save the situation, but at least she didn't look like she was gloating. Um, Amanda Stoker looked annoyed to be uh, stopped halfway through her speech, which again, it's, it's not, it, it, that was a time of reflection, I think. What I was going to say, uh, Dave, is politics has always been about the crowds and about swaying public opinion with the strength of your conviction and your argument And uh, that is always a risk that a politician takes when they get up in front of a crowd. And the thing with CPAC is that's the first time that so many people in that crowd, uh, many of them who are unvaccinated and were locked in their homes for a long time. That's the Mm. first public appearance that they have come to freely and been able to face up against the party that helped to lock them down. And so Mm. anyone who was sensible would have understood that tensions were going to be exceptionally high in that room. And that I mean, if I was a politician in the Liberal Party, the first thing I would have done is get on stage and apologise before I even yeah. tried to make a speech, because I mean, you would have had to expect anger and aggression. And to be fair, I think the crowd was relatively reserved. Considering if you actually spoke to the people who were in the audience, they were so angry. They were upset. They'd lost their livelihoods, their friends, their family. Some of them had been injured by vaccines. They were so furious. And, I mean, a little bit of booing was by far a reserved reaction compared to what it could have been. And I think they did hold their nerve. And um, it was – I really do believe that if if politicians want to be cheered, they have to accept that they're going to be booed.
0: Yeah, no, that's totally fair. I I mean, that it's predictable when you're in the wild. And, but I, 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 my point is just that this wasn't the wild. These were people, um, yeah, anyway, uh, I've said No, no if it was a dinner, a dinner I would agree wrong, with you. have No, no, if it was it a dinner,
2: I would agree with you, Dave. If it was a pleasant dinner, I would totally agree. This was more like a rallying event, so I think it was a little bit different. But I have Fair to point. say, let, let, look at, um, I don't know if you realise, but Alan Jones was on shortly after. I think there's one act in between that and Alan Jones. And uh, you could tell that he slightly changed his speech because uh, he had a few little, you know, not so gentle slaps back at what happened. Uh, And Malcolm Roberts as well, he changed his speech live in response to the crowds, which I think was a great move for a politician to adapt what they were going to say based upon what they heard at a live event. And can I just say a big shout out to all the international guests who came to speak to us because we were fortunate to have the Americans come there. Um, And they were also funnily enough apologetic for America because poor Americans, they have Biden uh, Mm. as their world leader and they feel incredibly (laughs) sorry for the world having to face up for that as the leader. Um, And they were similarly disturbed um, by what they saw. But Farage, I think if we're gonna talk about conservatism uh, we're going to need a leader like Farage in Australia. We are going to need someone who is prepared to stand up against all the parties and to say these are the values that we believe in and we're actually going to follow them. Or well, at least that person is going to follow them and be morally consistent. If that person appears and it's not going to be doormat down in Victoria, if one of these people appears, then the rest of the Conservative Party will be able to rally behind them. But unfortunately, I don't know, Bernie or Dave, have you've seen, is there anybody in the conservative movement who has enough charisma and enough strength and, uh, you know, empathy to lead the conservative movement? Because I can't find them. I haven't seen them. Even Dutton, whom I used to like, has he's almost in screensaver mode. Uh, he doesn't seem to be present. Uh, anyone having ideas of who could lead?
1: What, what concerns me, Alexander, is that uh, people who we've regarded as conservative now think that they have to modify their views once they gain the leadership uh, in right. order to appeal appease uh, the other side of the party um you know that, that's w- what we need is a genuine fair dinkum conservative and yep. uh you know the, the ones the ones that you think uh are, are in that category quite often uh once they get there decide that they're not and yep. uh you know a lot of a lot of the reasons a lot of like i've often said about tony abbott if tony abbott was as conservative as prime minister as he is now uh he'd still be pm uh, I've i've got no doubt about that but unfortunately unfortunately he wasn't. Agreed. Uh, you know, we, we've got, we've got some, some major issues and I have no doubt that if this continues, if, if the Liberal Party continues down this path uh, in a few years, uh, somebody will come along and I don't know who it's going to be. Uh, somebody will come along and, and we'll, we'll bring these disparate groups together, uh, disparate parties together to form a, a new conservative force. Uh, but I, I, I can't see um, the sort of reform or the sort of revolution that I spoke of uh, happening uh, in the Liberal Party. Uh, and I think uh, we are in for um, a, a period of uh, very, very difficult times, um, for not, not just for Conservatives, but for Australians generally. Uh, and that, I think, will actually uh, speed up the, um, the, the sort of uh, um, bringing together of the clans, as it were, uh, to, to form a new Conservative brand.
0: Yeah, geez, look, I—if I, it was po- look, I, I think the ideal situation that would work would be some kind of amalgamation or coalition between the minor parties. Uh, and I wish it were possible. Um, I just think the egos invested, and, and they are so bloody-minded about their minute points of difference and and singular aspects of of focus. Um, that they refuse to, you know, consider the differences and, and work with... Uh, I mean, something the Liberal Party does right is unity and, and bringing those people together. Unfortunately, there's far too much tolerance in the Liberal Party so that it's it's detrimental for for the exact same reason that it's more effective than the minor parties. And that is, you know, tolerating the people that don't belong in the party, such as the, the lefty Liberals. Um, but, uh, you know, the the disparateness and the egos uh, which are central to the minor parties are the greatest undoing. I mean, how many new minor right-wing parties, you want to take bets we're going to see uh, in in this 12 months, and how many have we already got, three or four springing up everywhere? Um, And I mean, how is that ever going to be a recipe for success unless the voters across Australia suddenly become geniuses at understanding how the preferential system works, which Proves to be too much to hope for year after year after year
1: after year. With Edison's since uh, you reckon somebody'd work it out by now? I mean, but, but know, also,
2: it's a leaking ship, isn't it, Bernie? Yeah. It, the, the minor parties are leaks coming off the main Liberal Party, and that there's no way to fix that. It, as I said before, the Liberals yeah. have to fix the leaks. That's why yeah. it, that exists.
1: Right, exactly yeah. right. As, as you know, as long as the Liberal Party continues down this path, as I said before, of betraying their conservative base then that base will continue to desert them. Uh, and if you haven't got a base, you haven't got a party. If you, you, know, And if you've forgotten why you exist, if you don't know what you believe in, why the hell do you exist? And that's the question the Liberal Party has to face and has to answer um, pretty soon, I'd suggest, very soon. But, but,
2: isn't but also the first, hope of oh, Sorry.
0: Isn't, isn't the hope of trying to get the Liberal Party to fix itself the, the quintessential fool's errand. I mean, to to get the people who are in charge of that um, to to try and say, okay, well now we'll embrace conservatives and abandon progressives. Now we'll now we will follow the recipe for success that we've seen in in Florida um, and in uh, Italy and and other places where charismatic con- pe- conservatives of conviction will get up and grab votes to themselves. They will lead the centre. They won't move to the centre to try and win an election. They will move the centre to them to win an election. And they they do it successfully. And that's the yeah. way to do it. But do you think anybody who's currently in the Liberal Party can do that? I think what Alex Antic is doing in South Australia, and it will not work in the short term. It's It's a fool's errand to think this will take one or two election cycles. I think... It's a minimum of 10-year plan to try and flood the Liberal Party with right-thinking people who will then pre-select and elect after maybe 10, 15 years. This is not short-term. But no invasion, Mm. no infiltration of the institutions was a quick march. It's the long march through the institutions which has made the Marxists dominate our culture and infiltrate the Liberal Party. And I think if we say that's a proven strategy and we learn from their success and we stop repeating the formulas for our failure, I think we've got a chance of replacing those people who will then be able to uh, sit at the, at the uh, throttles of power, levers of power in the Liberal Party and go, you know what, we, the Liberal Party, need to return to our values, start embracing Christianity and family and conservatism and liberty again uh, yep. and kick out the weeds that don't belong in this paddock. Um, I such actually as
2: Matt and Ellie. I disagree with you, actually. You might be happy about this disagreement for a change, Dave. Um, in that although the rot of parties when you when a party holds power and has held power for a long time can be slow and insidious, where you get people sitting on uh, safe seats for a long time and gradually degrading the party. Politics has this incredible function in Westminster systems to be rapid as well, in which a single election cycle can fundamentally alter and repair a party because it is like every election cycle is pretty much a clean slate. So if you get and we see it in the US as well, if you get someone like a Trump in there who cleans out the, the garbage in one go, Um, well, then you can reform a party in one go. It doesn't have to be a 10-year cycle because politics is fickle. It depends upon public support. And if the public fall behind conservative values in one election strongly, then those people who have been er eroding the party, they fall out of favour immediately and they're replaced on seats by conservatives. But to do that, as we've said, requires a leader of strength because otherwise... You get this quiet little seat warming position in which they they change nothing over years. But the other great thing is because, um uh, when you get an v- election defeat those people lose power well they're only there for power so they're not going to stand around for the next fight they're going to go off and and work for some industry or a bureaucracy they're going to leave so the next round of people that you get will be there because they want to be there because they think that they can uh, latch on to the next true conservative goal so we do have half a chance and if we truly believe that we can reform the party and we have people who stand for that then, yes, it can take one election cycle, but you have to have that strength of character coming from the leader.
1: And I um, can't see Alex say this, but I cannot see any strength from, from too many leaders at all in the Liberal in the Party. I agree with, it. Any, I, agree
2: any with them. I 100% mm. agree with you. I'm just saying that if they did have a strong leader, they could repair it in one cycle. The problem is that they don't.
1: That's it, true. It, sadly, dinner. I don't. I, I hate. I hate to be. I hate to be a pessimist because I'm not a pessimist by nature. I'm a. I'm a liberal, or used to be a liberal in the Western suburbs. So I'm. I'm a, an optimist by nature. But, the fact that you look around, um, the Liberal Party at the moment, and there's just nothing there. It's sad. I mean, what? even. Why even is that? Is, well, even though <laughs> I'm up in New South Wales, you know. A rock solid conservative, you know, he's there by by virtue of the fact that he has the support of Matt Keen, and uh, he has he has to behave himself. Um, so it it is just so um, overwhelmingly distressing to see um, the state of, of conservatism, not just in the Liberal Party, um, mm. but but. Place and and you know that that's why I'm so excited about uh, CPAC and what CPAC can do um, because as I said right at the beginning um, th- this this movement is well it's become a movement it was a catalyst for change it's now becoming its own movement and I can see that it will have a huge effect uh, on the Liberal Party if indeed the Liberal Party survives uh, and uh, if it doesn't um, if it doesn't impact the Liberal Party it will certainly have a big say. Um, in the formulation of a new conservative party uh, down the track.
0: Yeah, that's that's quite potential. Um, I actually think the the problem you described, Bernie, the the lack of good leadership material in the Liberal Party, is because right thinking conservatives have felt unwelcome in the Liberal Party for so long that mm. they're not be about it. Um, and and so uh, I, I think actually a, a strategic patient. Um, re-infiltration of that party by conservatives uh, will bring that, uh, those options back into it. And again, I do not have a short-term optimism. Um, Alex Antic is having great results in about 18 months or so in the South Australian branch. But um, I, I think that's uh, phenomenal, um, probably Please. an aberration. And I think uh, setbacks are also inevitable. But if you take at least a 10-year picture for it, I think it's possible to build a pool of good talent in the Liberal Party worth voting for. Now, I want to um, go straight from that to answer this question from Mark. Mark says, are you able to be part of two parties, One Nation and Liberal Party, to help clean the swamp? Mark, that's an excellent question because here's my thought. Joining the Liberal Party should not be an exercise in supporting the Liberal Party. Joining the Liberal Party should be an exercise in democracy. You're there not because you like the Liberal Party, but because you don't like the Liberal Party, because they don't represent you. And that problem cannot be solved unless you are there and turn up for the votes. The votes are the things uh, that pre-select people like Bernie Finn when you've got this strong, outspoken, pro-life conservative, pro-liberty conservative in the branch and he loses by a handful of votes in in a pre-selection, you need to be there to be that handful of people so that five years from now they can be uh, the, the frontline leaders that we need in the movement. So I don't recommend supporting the Liberal Party. And here's how you have your cake and eat it too. You have your membership in the Liberal Party, You pay your fees, you turn up when you needed to vote, and you support the good guys. And this is how you actively oppose the progressives in the Liberal Party in those branch meetings when there's 100 people there. But come election day, your voters, your your ballot is secret, it's private. Your donations, uh, under certain thresholds, are also private. Uh, You should absolutely vote for, uh, you mentioned One Nation, but any candidate from any party who is better than all the rest. Uh, Somebody else has said it in the comments this morning, vote for the best candidate, don't vote for the majors. Um, That's exactly the right way to do it. Uh, You don't have to vote for them just because you're a member of them. You can be there, be an influence, long-term influence, uh, be patient, but not be a supporter. And maybe there's a Liberal Party candidate three electorates away that's worth supporting when your own one isn't. That's totally fine. If you want to actually go volunteer uh, on the other side of the city where nobody can recognise you for somebody not in your party, that's also a a great idea. So I don't think you can... I think every party's constitution would ask you to not be a member of another party, um, Mm. so their own constitutions would probably ban that. But that's going to be, I think, the closest way of of getting um, that kind of result. Uh, Bernie, your thoughts on Mark's question?
1: Well, I I think, uh, as you say... Most parties, if not all parties, would say that so you can only be in this party. So you know you, you would not be able to be in, uh, you not have dual membership uh, of, uh, of other parties. Uh, look, I, I'm, I'm, I've been trying for 41 years to to make the Liberal Party a more conservative party, and uh, I I have to admit that I've I've failed, uh, and that um, distresses me. I, I have to say, uh, the thing that the thing that um, really upsets me. About the proposition that you put forward, Dave, is that we have to put up with a socialist government for ten or maybe fifteen years um, right. to, to allow this to allow this process to happen. Um, now, how many generations of kids are going to have their minds destroyed um, by the, the socialist crap that they're being taught in schools? Yeah. Um, how many how many generations of kids are going to be killed uh, in in abortuaries? Um, You know, who are never going to get to school? Um, yep. You know. How, how, many, how many small businesses are going to hit the wall because of, of inc- incompetence from socialist governments? You know, so much damage is going to happen over the next decade or 15 years um, while, while we're buggerising around in the background um, yep. trying to get the numbers. Um, yeah. that, that, that's, what, that's what concerns me. I mean, it's, what, you know, it's, it's not about what happens in the parties. What it should be about is what happens in the country, in the state and the community. Um, that, that that's what it's about. And and the sooner, you know, we, we can't afford to muck around. The, the sooner we get fixed, um, the better. We we just can, we just can't wait any longer.
2: Can I can I just say I think part of the problem why well, there's no young conservatives coming up is because all of the major parties have their young liberals and young whatever in universities. And I'm sorry, but universities are full of morons these days. And Mm. so perhaps there needs to be some young conservative and young liberal uh, pathways in that aren't based in universities that are simply open to try and encourage more people to come in there. Because I'm telling you now, even 10, no, was it 15 years ago? Jeez, I'm getting old now. Even then, the, (laughs) uh, the university parties were terrible. They were enough to put anybody off joining politics. And so we are not getting a new line of Conservatives coming up because they they wander in these places go this is rubbish and they leave that's not good enough for the parties they have to do better they have to have more open events more about more debates uh, more interaction more more places for people to test their skills and to become better I mean that's something that the UK does that we don't do and you can tell it in the difference like if you watch that stage even Tony Abbott who was a pretty good speaker is so far behind the American and and UK counterparts as far as running a crowd and leading a conservative speech because they do politics better in the UK. They simply do it better. They train their people better and Mm -hmm. we are lacking that training and we don't have to reinvent the wheel. We can just go and have a look what they do and import that into Australia, colonise, dare I say, our political movement with some good skills.
1: Yeah, no, I agree agree with you totally, Alexander. And I have to say, one of the real highlights for me of uh, the weekend's uh, conference was the number of young people, the volunteers, uh, and there were vast numbers of young people. And we're talking about late teens to early 20s um, who volunteered their time to put it all together, to stage it, to make it happen. And as I say, they were volunteers. They weren't paid. They, they mm. did it all. They'd, they'd been up for it for, for months. Um, and, and that gave me real hope. Uh, that, uh, that there's another generation coming which is uh, is going to make it better um, for, for all of us.
0: Brilliant. Um, I, I uh, Heather says we should import Farage. Um, I don't know if... Yes, uh, I agree. I agree.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely.
0: Heather, you've got uh, a couple of agreements uh, uh, here and, um, I, look, this could be a really long conversation. I think we've probably covered enough right now um, before we uh, start um, drifting off on too many rabbit trails. Um, I, I think the highlight um, for encouragement and optimism right now is CPAC itself. Uh, this, this movement, um, finding the, the coalescence of conservatives, uh, so many people from the minor parties uh, coming together and, and finding out uh, there's so much in common, is fantastic. If only we can teach the majority of Australians how preferences work. My observation in the election was all of the nuance and policies really didn't matter at all. It came down to brand profile um, and the, the local candidates and the local campaigns just seem to make no difference to the electorate at large. Uh, essentially, all of the freedom parties are talking to themselves. They're talking to people who already agree um, and that is the voters that they get. Uh, and then it is shuffled according to budget, um, how the the brand presence goes in that electorate. Uh, and that's sad. And, and I think that's a reflection on the calibre of voter in Australia generally. I, I don't think it's explainable by fraud or corruption. Uh, that does go on. I'm not dismissing it. Uh, but I don't think it's so significant that it explains the result that we had. I think the fact is Australians just love tyranny love authoritarianism, and love big government as a public utility. Uh, Final thoughts before we go around. Bernie, you first, your final thoughts for the show. One
1: one thing that horrifies me and thing that that has really hit me in the face severely over the last uh, two and a half years is the level of ignorance of our system Um, right across the the country. Uh, People just don't know, they don't care. Maybe more people care now than did, but uh, they they think that um, because they don't understand it, they can have no impact, and that's probably true. But people should uh, take the time to get involved. They should yeah. take the time to actually understand what's happening, how they can have an impact. Uh, otherwise, uh, you know, the, the, the future of democracy in this country uh, is is very much uh, very much at risk because there is an increasing number of people who think the whole thing's rigged, uh, that they they are disenfranchised. Uh, and uh you know it doesn't matter what they do uh, they're going to they're going get the same result um i, I think that is uh, a a dreadful dreadful state of affairs um yeah. and uh, that, that's something that we really need to uh to address as a matter of urgency
0: yeah you're right bernie and um i heard uh i think it was on um uh chris what's that show that we were watching yesterday um tim tim pool tim pool was saying on an episode that, um, that the, all the talk about fraud and corruption uh, while having large elements of, of factuality to it, uh, the narrative itself um, demotivates people to participate in the system, thereby perpetuating yeah. the result that the, the corruptors wanted in the first place. Uh, and yeah. so we have to actually understand the system and be in the system and, and vote and turn up um, if we wish to ever uh, win it ever again. Alexandra, your final thoughts for the show.
2: Well, the uh, Liberal Party has made the fatal mistake of forgetting that culture comes from the top down. So instead of trying to chase votes on the left and their socialist left-leaning, Audience, they are the ones who have to lead the ideological revolution. They have to set the standards. They have to set the principles. Their voice has to be leading the charge and then their voters will follow them and the narrative of society will change. They will never get anywhere while ever they try to placate these people in the Marxist groups or the yeah. collective things. They have to be the leaders of our nation and start acting like leaders. Otherwise, no one will follow them. It's up to the Conservatives and the Liberal Party as the largest conservative movement in the country to lead us out of this complete hellhole that we find ourselves in. So all I can say is, please, if there's anybody in the Conservative Party who's still listening, stand up, ignore what your party is saying and show us some strength of character.
0: Mm. Alexander, how can people find more of and support the work uh, you're doing to combat the lying, Harlot Media?
2: Uh, Thank you for reminding me. I, of course, write for Dave Pello over at The Good Source. You can find me on Twitter at Ellie Melly, which is on your screen right now. And please subscribe and follow the spectator.com.au where we bring these stories and these voices who are outspoken to light. We will always publish conservative and libertarian views from here and overseas. So uh, thank you all for your support and also support Dave, who is doing such a wonderful job, and Bernie, if you're in Victoria.
1: Absolutely.
0: And, uh, Bernie, to the many Victorians who are watching right now, I want to say I'm glad you're a member of the Liberal Party if you are. I'm glad you're a member of any party if you are. If you're not, uh, at least join a party. But uh, to those people who are members of the Liberal Party in Victoria, uh, you can still vote for Bernie Finn at the upcoming election. (laughs) Nobody will know, and uh, they can't make it a condition of membership that you don't. (laughs) How do people support you, Bernie?
1: well they, they can they can vote for me or they can go to uh, dlp.org.au and they can make a donation Um, or they can volunteer to to assist, uh, which uh, is always uh, very, very welcome. We are running in the upper house um, across the state. Uh, We're also running in selected uh, lower house seats, uh, but that will be dependent on who the uh, sitting Liberal uh, member is or the the Liberal candidate. We won't be supporting any Liberal lefties, uh, but we will support those uh, who are Liberals who are worth uh, supporting. But um, any any Conservative uh, who wishes to support me is very, very welcome dlp.org.au, and uh, would love to have your support. And certainly, uh, as November approaches, just remember this is D Day. You know, the, 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 in four years' time, there will be nothing left of Victoria if Andrews gets back. Uh, so, uh, you know, don't don't muck around here. You know, don't don't think that uh, you, you can come back and and pick up the pieces in four in four years because there's going to be no pieces in four years. It will be crushed.
0: Hundred percent. Uh, gentlemen and lady, thank you very much for your uh, contribution and uh, opinions uh, today on the show as well as uh, constantly uh, in the trenches. Thank you very much.
1: Very great pleasure. Good to see you, Dave. Good to see you, Alexandra. Thank you,
2: thank you very much, boys.
1: Now, tickets are still
0: on sale. Not still on sale. Uh, t- tickets are on sale newly for Church and State Adelaide as well as the March Conference in Brisbane Uh, Head to churchandstate.com.au there for a fantastic gathering of uh, like minded conservatives uh, who believe uh, that uh, the kingdom of God actually has the best policy set. Um, This nation, believe it or not, is culturally Christian uh, at the very least. That's the context and environment of the passions of Australians as we formed the constitution. Uh, And we are not looking for a theocracy. We are looking for the best policy settings uh, for the benefit of our neighbours, not our hip pockets. That would be pork barreling. Uh, be there in Adelaide on November 5 and in Brisbane on the 3rd and 4th of March. Uh, we're expecting a very large gathering in uh, Brisbane, probably well over 500 people. But uh, November 5 in Adelaide. Tickets are selling fast. Um, The capacity of the venue is limited to a couple of hundred people, so that's running out. Make sure you don't be slow so you don't miss out. Uh, That's at churchandstate.com.au. And as always, uh, thank you to those people who are monthly supporters of uh, The Good Source and myself personally, the work that we're doing to fight the influence and polluting effect of the lying harlot media. But that is it for this end of Talk. As I said, we won't be back next Monday. We're going to go to an irregular show and we're going to try and put all of our efforts into a daily news service. So we'll see how that works and evolves. Looking for volunteers to help out in any capacity, uh, writing articles, uh, doing research, perhaps doing video editing or, or some social media management. Uh, if you would like to be part of uh, providing service to all the millions of Australians who no longer watch the six o'clock news because they're sick of the fear porn and they're sick of the leftist lies that are constantly served in that open sewer called the mainstream media, uh, then we would love your help. Yes, I'm a little bit passionate about the truth because it's one of the number one corrupting influences of politics and culture and parliaments in this nation. Uh, would love your help, and um, if you can't volunteer some time, perhaps you can volunteer 10 bucks a month. Uh, it's going to be free for everyone for now, um, but uh, we don't have the billion-dollar-plus budget of the ABC, so to do a really good job, deserving lots of eyeballs, we need your help. That's it for this episode. Thank you, and goodbye.